reading from Mark chapter 4. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest is come. The parable of the mustard seed. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the, gar- in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Father God, praise you for your word. Praise you that we have it in a language we can understand, in words that are accessible to us. Please speak to us and may your spirit sow his seed in our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. A couple of years ago, a rowan tree arrived in my front garden. At first, I wasn't sure what it was. There was this frondy, ferny thing growing up among the bushes, but it put on more growth and sprouted branches, and now it's taller than I am, and it has leaves and blossoms in the spring, and it's full of red berries in the autumn. I have no idea how it got there. Presumably, a passing bird was responsible for depositing a berry in a place where it could take root. I hadn't thought of putting a tree just there, and I completely didn't expect it, but I'm very pleased with it, and I enjoy its presence. I was reminded of my unexpected tree when I read this passage connecting two linked parables about the kingdom of God. Jesus compares the kingdom to a seed that grows inevitably and surely and to a tiny seed which develops beyond what anybody can imagine. The growth of the kingdom is beyond anybody's control. It can surprise us again and again. It is unstoppable. We should talk about what is meant by the kingdom of God. In the teaching of Jesus, it isn't just a future state that we're looking forward to. It doesn't refer to heaven and it doesn't refer to the church. It's not a place, rather it's a state of being. A state where God is in charge, where he is king. It is the rule and reign of God in people's hearts and lives. It's kingly rule. It's kingship. It refers to what happens when God takes over. 
My dad used to joke that on his wedding day, he could have put up a sign which read, under new management. Actually, of course, all of us who are Christians can say that about ourselves. We are under new management, a new regime, a different administration. We are called to live differently because the Lord is our king. One day, when Jesus returns, the kingdom will be made complete. But the kingdom isn't only about that. It's about what happens here and now in people's lives and hearts. When we say we're on holiday, it might not mean that we are in a different physical place. We might just have decided that this is a week when we're having a rest from our usual activities and we're going to do things differently. Also, if we do go to a physical place to be on holiday, but we don't listen to what people say about the discipline of off, and we take a lot of care and worries with us, and still answer our work emails, then we're not really on holiday, despite having changed our surroundings. So the kingdom of God is to do with a state of mind and a state of heart. As such, it's invisible and mysterious and unstoppable. The seed in the first parable grows in secret. Once it's in the ground, it will develop no matter what anybody does. It has a life of its own. It grows all by itself. It's amazing when that happens in a garden, especially if, like with my tree, a plant appears on its own that set itself or if you didn't remember that you put those bulbs in just there. But when, time, when the time comes, there'll be growth on a scale that we might not have been expecting. Once the kingdom seed is grown, you can't get rid of it. Jesus elsewhere compares the kingdom of God to yeast. Once it's in the bread dough, even though it's a little amount, it will rise. He compares it to treasure that's worth giving up everything else to get hold of. The kingdom of God, the sovereign rule of God, working on our lives and the lives of other people is something that nobody can measure and nobody can stop. It's what we should seek first and foremost at all times. It's influences at work in the world, even when we can't see it. We were recently told about the results of the 2021 census and much has been made of the fact that less than half of people now call themselves Christians. There were those who imagined that this meant that Christianity was somehow on its way out and the world had moved on. Nothing, of course, could be further from the truth. It shows that people were being honest when they ticked or didn't tick a box on a census form. If they didn't believe anything, they said so, rather than saying what they thought they ought to say and ticking a box that meant nothing to them. The influence of God's kingdom, the influence in people's minds and lives and hearts, isn't measured like that. I don't know if you've looked at the ONS maps that have been produced by that census data, I was really surprised to find that the level of detail comes down to a very local view. 
I typed in my postcode and saw an area outlined that just covers the small close where I live and a couple of neighbouring streets. Searching the various categories, I discovered that 50% of people in that tiny area who felt able to tick the box described themselves as Christians. I immediately thought, well, I wonder who put that. Who ticked that box besides me? Where are they? It made me think about the influence of the kingdom in one tiny part of Littleport. Perhaps only two of us tick the religion box at all. Perhaps I'm 25% all by myself. But God sees the unstoppable growth of his kingdom in my street, in my town, in this city, right across this county, this country and this world, wherever people are ready to share what they know of him. A friend once told me about a map he had on his study wall which had pins in it to show where the members of the church lived. And one day, for some reason, he took the map off the board. When it was held up to the light, there were all these little pinpoints of light shining through the holes. Lights spread throughout the area, places where the kingdom of God was growing. We're part of an underground movement Nothing can stop the rule and reign of God because it's part of his plan and it is impossible for it to decline. If you sit and watch something growing in your garden, you're not going to be able to see it get bigger. But if you watch one of those nature documentaries with time-lapse photography, then it's astonishing. Nobody can understand the way the kingdom of God grows We should never be discouraged by those who think they can measure the immeasurable. Being part of an underground movement doesn't, of course, mean that we shouldn't be noticed. I talked recently to a man who works in a centre somewhere in the north of England which offers hospitality to refugees and homeless people. He finds himself dealing with people of all faiths and none, We don't preach, he said, but someone said to me the other day that people are always watching us. Of course, we need to ask God to guide us where we need to speak and challenge people and tell them directly of our faith. But what we do, how we behave and conduct ourselves is important as well. Perhaps I am the only Christian or one of the only few Christians in my postcode. All the more reason to seek God's plan for his kingdom where I live. It might seem a bit daunting. It might seem difficult for any of us to share what we believe with the people around us. That's because we have a tendency to think we can't possibly do it all by ourselves. And of course, we're not asked to. The man who plants the seed in the ground finds that it grows, whether he's awake or asleep. Nobody understands how the life inside a seed or a bulb germinates and starts pushing up towards the light. If we're faithful and wait for God's spirit to prompt us, then he will bring growth. He will change people's hearts and turn them towards him. We might only be able to do very small things. We might think we're making no difference. But God, who calls foolish wise and weak strong, sees what our influence is really doing through him. The kingdom of God is unstoppable. 
we need to trust him to show us where and how we can make a difference. The kingdom is beyond our understanding. When I look at the second of these two parables, I'm reminded of another tree which I had in the garden of my previous house. When I worked at a GP surgery in Cambridge, I used to visit an elderly Ukrainian patient. One day, she insisted that I take home with me a tiny seedling that had germinated beside the sycamore tree in her garden. It happened to be a hot summer's day when I'd chosen, for some reason, to cycle to work. By the time I got home at night, the minute plant, which was about a third the length of my little finger, had wilted almost to nothing and looked extremely unlikely to survive. I put it in the garden so that at least I would be able to tell Stefania that I had done so. It grew into an enormous sycamore tree, which spanned the whole width of my long, narrow garden and has probably presented some challenges to the couple I sold the house to. It seemed so impossible that this would happen, but seeds and plants grow in a way we can't understand. Jesus talks about a mustard seed, the tiniest seed, which grows into such a huge tree. And he says the kingdom of God is like that. My sister was given a necklace for Christmas which has a glass disc and it's got one mustard seed in the middle. Whoever gave it to her wanted to remind her that the kingdom grows in a way that amazes us that we could never even have thought of. I was on a train recently coming home from London on a Saturday evening. A couple of, uh, a group of young people got on at Cambridge. They colonised the seats around me. They made themselves comfortable. They broke open a couple of six-packs. One of the young men apologised for disturbing me, and he asked me where I'd been that day. I explained I'd been to see my niece, who's training to be a Salvation Army officer, and that started a conversation about faith. In no time at all, he was leaning forward and asking me, so are you a devout Christian? I laughed. I said, that's a bit difficult to describe, a bit difficult to define. But I told him how and why I love Jesus and what he means to me. He listened. They all listened. His girlfriend having apologized for his forwardness. He always does this. He talks to everyone. Because they were in several seats around me and the conversation was fairly loud, most of our half of the carriage probably heard it. The young man listened with respect. He told me his nan goes to church, but he's never gone down that route. And we talked of other things before we parted ways, and he shook me by the hand and told me it was nice to meet me. Now, perhaps that was only the minutest of little tiny seeds. But who can say how it will grow? God might be about to do something astonishing in the life of that young man. Perhaps we feel we can only plant tiny little seeds. Perhaps we feel our influence is minute. We should never underestimate what God can do when we give our efforts over to him. 
Through his prophet Isaiah, God reminds us that we can't grasp how he chooses to work. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We should claim that promise because it's God who will grow his kingdom from apparently tiny beginnings. We're all involved in this every day because God has got something for every one of us to do. Paul had to reprimand the Corinthian church about splitting into factions and saying that they followed this leader or that leader, Paul or Apollos or Cephas. He reminded them that everybody has a part to play. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anyone, but only God who makes things grow, for we are fellow workers in God's service. In the work of the kingdom, we're in partnership with one another and in partnership with God. In our own fellowship, we've seen the growth, for example, of the Monday Cafe for those with dependency issues. The growth of the rich tea community, both arising simply from the desire to sow into a situation and to see what God will do. We are called to help in the cultivation and the spread of the most powerful thing in the world. Jesus' disciples found it hard to understand the concept of the kingdom. Some of them were still expecting an earthly kingdom where the Messiah would rule in power. It's not surprising that Jesus had to explain it again and again in various parables and word pictures and tell them what it was really all about. We don't have the same kinds of misconceptions as they did, but how do we respond to the idea of a kingdom that grows in secret and then astonishes us with its reach and influence, which comes to fruition in the perfect timing of God? What is God calling us to do? What job does he have for us? How are we going to pray and seek him for the answers to that? Perhaps we already have some idea because we've sensed his spirit prompting us. Perhaps we're pretending we haven't heard. Or perhaps we're discouraged because we just feel we're not making any progress in the areas where we're serving. We need to remember that God is in charge of the growth of his kingdom, which grows to the proportions of a huge tree. He will bring the harvest at the end of time. We need to be sensitive to his spirit and trust him because he just calls for some obedient gardeners. I have a packet of seeds at home that I'm waiting to sow in the spring. They're a mixed collection, so I've got no idea how they'll work out. I've no idea what they're going to look like as they grow. That's quite exciting, but nothing like as exciting as it is to be part of what God is doing to grow his kingdom in the world. Are we ready for the challenge? Amen.